in the time left, I just want to share a few things that are on my heart and we can just, you guys can just stay put, maybe find a place to, to sit. I'm so thankful for a worship team that's just sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you? Thank you, God. God had put something on my heart this morning and it has to do with a member of the Trinity, of the Godhead. We have God the Father, God the Son, and then God the Holy Spirit. And they're, I, I know I did that in levels. They're not in levels because they're all this way. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? And so all of them are a part of the Godhead, and they're the perfect picture of what unity is supposed to look like. One God, three persons, all working together in unity. Vision Church is one church, but there are many members. You have a physical body, but there are many members to your body, and they all work together in unity. When your body doesn't work in unity, it's time to go to the doctor or time to go to the hospital, right? Because something needs to be fixed. Well, so in Luke chapter 3, we see all three here. In verse 21, it says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven and said, you are my son, my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. We could say it this way. All through the Bible, we see God above us. The God, the Father above us. God, the Son, Jesus, who came and he was God with us, right? He dwelt with us on the earth. But that, now we have the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. God above us, God with us, and now God in us. Jesus said, listen, it is good for me to go away. It's a good idea if I go away because if I don't leave, the Holy Spirit can't come and you want him to come. Why? He's going to live inside of you. But he doesn't just want to live inside of you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to be in fellowship with you. He wants to talk to you about your deepest concerns. He wants to answer questions. The Holy Spirit's amazing. And so Jesus, when he came, you notice we just read that he was baptized. When he came, he came legally. And so that meant that he came as a man. The Holy Spirit was that power that overshadowed Mary. You remember, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and over, overshadow you and you will become pregnant and you'll give birth to a son and he will be called Jesus, right? So the Holy Spirit was that power. So Jesus came legally to the earth. The way, how does he come legally to the earth? As a human being. 100% human, 100% God. But he had to become a human to become that perfect sacrifice. So notice that when he's baptized, the Holy Spirit comes, it descended upon him. Everybody say upon. 
Okay, that was important. That's a key word because the Holy Spirit came upon him. Why does Jesus need the Holy Spirit? Well, you notice he didn't do any miracles until the Holy Spirit had come upon him. He needed the Holy Spirit as a, in human form, as, as he was in human form, to be able to go and fulfill God's purpose. See, what God did was he put his super on that natural human being that Jesus was populating that body. And then it put God's super on his natural. How many of you need God's super on your natural to be able to do what you're incapable of doing on your own, right? And so, so Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. So if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do you and I need the Holy Spirit? Say that out loud. I need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes, you do. So who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit I'm going to give you some familiar ones, but then I'm going to give you one that maybe you won't hear very often. So he's our comforter, right? It says in John 14, 16, and I will pray to the Father and he shall give you a comforter that he may abide with you. Man, comfort, comforting. I think about comfort. One of the things when, when I moved to Phoenix, Arizona to marry my wife, we lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And my parents lived in the house that I grew up in. And I'll never forget when my mom and dad sold that house and they moved to Edmond, Oklahoma. It was like, it, it rattled me a little bit because that was the house I grew up in. So it was like an ancient boundary stone had been moved in my life. I didn't have as much comfort. You know, it was real comforting to know that your parents are living in the home that you grew up in. It's how many of you like comfort food? You go to a restaurant, you have food that you're familiar with, restaurants that your favorite restaurant, and it's like that comfort food, you know? But the same thing happens when parents get a divorce. What happens? Their children now, an ancient boundary stone has been moved in their life. And so now it, they're dealing with the discomfort of not having that stabilizing thing there. And so, but here's the thing, the Holy Spirit is something that is an ancient boundary stone that's not going to be moved in your life ever. He won't ever move. And we find comfort. Our comfort is not supposed to be in natural things because what's the one guarantee that we have here on earth? Things are going to change. Stones are going to move. People are going to retire. People are going to pass away. I mean, change is constant in our life. But the Holy Spirit, when He becomes our boundary stone, he is that constant in our life. Amen? Oh, thank God for that. What else is the Holy Spirit? He's our teacher. Everybody say, He's our teacher. He's our teacher. John 16, verse 13 says this, However, when the Spirit of truth has come, Spirit of truth, this is the Holy Spirit, He will guide you into all truth. And He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He speaks, uh, whatever He hears, that will He speak. And He will tell you things to come. He's your teacher you know back during World War II they were having a, they were in, in a crisis uh, the, the Americans and the Allies because the those German U-boats were sinking our ships quicker than we could build them back then it took a whole year to build one ship well so they all got together all of their you know all of their educated very talented creative minds got together and they figured out a way that they could build a ship in a day one day you know what they did though? They had to invert the ship and build it upside down. 
So they would do their welds on the top and then they would have to flip the ship over. The problem was, was when they flipped it over, all that stress on those welds caused those welds to pop. And so they came to a famous industrialist and he was a man of God, a man who loved God, a man who was filled with the spirit of God. And they came to him and they asked, can you help us figure this out? How do we solve this problem? And he said, yeah, let me work on it. And you know what he did? He fasted, he prayed, he set himself to seek God and the Holy Spirit gave him the answer. He's our teacher. And he gave him the formula for those welds so that when that ship was raised upright, the welds held. Isn't that amazing? That's a great story. The teacher, he's our teacher. He's also our guide. How many of you so far, I've heard all these. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Yeah. Okay. So it says in Romans 8, 14, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, sons and daughters, male sons, female sons. These are the ones that are led by the Spirit of God. Okay. So what that means is if you're a businessman and you need ideas, the Holy Spirit can show you how to make greater profit and have less expenses, right? If you're a parent and you have kids that argue and fight, the Holy Spirit can show you how to help your children bring peace to that situation and begin to love each other and touch noses like we used to ask our kids to do. We used to have our kids, touch, when they would get mad at each other, okay, touch noses. And they would be like, oh brother, big eye roll, you know, and, but they would touch noses. Okay, hold hands. All the way home. They had to hold. I mean, these are Holy Spirit ideas. Okay, you're looking at me like, that's goofy, Phil. Not when you're praying and you need the Holy Spirit. And guess what? It worked for these. I don't know that that'll work for your kids. Okay, I'm just saying. Okay, what does it mean if you're a student? It means that the Holy Spirit is your guide. He can guide you to the right thing that you're supposed to write that essay on. A friend of mine I was excited for him because his son is in, he's doing his master's degree in, in computer science technology, and he was contacted by NASA. NASA wanted to meet with him because he invented a, uh, some kind of a, uh, I'm going to call it a canooter valve because I had no idea what he invented, but it's something with your computer, and NASA is interested in it. And they told him, he had a great meeting, told him if he could work out these certain buds, then they're going to take this canooter valve. Canooter valve is what I use if I have no idea what it is. All right, so just so you know. Okay, so he's our guide. He's our guide. You know, I was talking to Fritz. Fritz, wave your hand. I was talking to Fritz. Fritz grew up in Wyoming, right? And, well, South Dakota. But, but you, live, you lived on a ranch where you could see Devil's Tower, right, from, from your ranch that you grew up on. And so Fritz climbed recently. You're 65? Okay, and if I'm telling too much, I'm so sorry, man. I didn't even ask him. And, but he's 65 because this is important. He climbed Devil's Tower. He and his two kids, they scaled Devil's Tower, but you had a guide. This is important because the guide went up first. Why is the guide important? He'd been there many times. He had climbed Devil's Tower many times. He knew the terrain. He knew which way to climb and which way is the best way to go and where the footing is going to be best so that he could get them to the top. This is the Holy Spirit. He wants to be your guide. He's been there before. He knows what to expect. This is why we need the Holy Spirit in our life. And then the last one I want to share with you 
is this. And it's probably one that not, doesn't get talked about as not much, but the Holy Spirit is the power of the Trinity. He's the power of the Trinity. He's the power of the Father, and he's the power of the Son. Phil, what do you mean by that? Okay, let's say that I asked my good friend Chris in the back, our light guy. Everybody give Chris a hand because he's awesome. But let's say I asked Chris if he would go over back to the light switch and turn the lights on with the light switch. Okay, so God would be like me because God gives the instruction, let there be, right? And then Jesus Chris gets up and he goes to the light switch to turn it on. Jesus is that one that carries it out, that carries out the command. And he goes over to the light switch and flips the light switch. Then what happens? The power then is activated and the lights come on. The Holy Spirit turns the power on. He's that power that causes things to come on in our life. You need all three. Amen. All right, he is the power. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Oh, and you shall be witnesses to me. So how do you know if you have the Holy Spirit? How do you know? Would you turn over to John chapter 20? I'm gonna show you a couple of things because I want us to look at this. I feel like this is so important for today. So thankful. Thank you, Lord. What time is this? Somebody know what time it is? Oh, psh, I'm doing better than I thought I was. Threw me off when, okay. Well, psh, I'm gonna slow down then. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. John chapter 20, look at verse 19. It says this, it says, then the same day at evening, when the first day of the week, uh, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and he said to them, peace be with you. Now, I, I, can I, I want to share this real quick. Just, just, it doesn't have to do with my message, but it has to do with what I just read. So what, the disciples are in there and why are they in this room? Because of fear of the Jews, right? Sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, we don't need to gather as a church anymore. We should do it like the way the church did because they just met from house to house. Well, this is why, for fear of the Jews. So I want to address that because sometimes people think, you know, well, you know, church isn't there. I've heard some people say, hey, church isn't necessary anymore. We shouldn't really gather together. No, wait, 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 wait. I'm a light. You're a light. She's a light. He's a light. We all get together, man. We are a ferno of the presence of God. So don't let that, you know, we need to think again about house to house because they're hiding out. It's like having church in a communist nation. You're underground. You can't be out in the open. These guys get dragged off to prison. And the only church building available is the temple. I mean, think about that. Okay, I just wanted to mention that. Jesus shows up and he says, peace to you. Verse 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Think about it. Think about what that would be like if somebody that you knew passed away and they came back to life. What would that be like? You're just in, you're in your room. You're kind of mourning that they're gone. And then they walk through the wall. Suddenly they appear. And they show you, no, it's really me. Remember, you know, I had 
had this, remember my birthmark, you know, whatever, you know, and you're like, it's you. That would be freaky, wouldn't it? And so the disciples see this, and he shows them his hands, he shows them his side, and the disciples then are glad to see the Lord. And Jesus said to them, peace to you all, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And what did he say? He said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, John, that same verse in the Passion Translation says this. Then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So that Greek word, blew, it's the only time it's used in the New Testament. It's the same word from Genesis 2 where God breathed life into Adam. He breathed into him. What are you? You're born again. The disciples at this moment are becoming born again. Jesus is breathing new life into them. Are you following me on that? So they're born again. So this is that moment where they're born again. See, the sinner's prayer that we pray, that came around in the early 20th century. Some people try to date it back further, but to me, the solid point of where it began is in the early 20th century. So Jesus didn't have them, hey, guys, come here. You know, let's pray the sinner's prayer. No, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. He comes in you. He's the one that draws you to God. And then he's the one when you make Jesus Lord of your life and you decide to become a believer, then that's when he comes and he comes on the inside of you. And you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so Acts, let's let's look at it in a different light. Acts 19, turn over there. It's okay that we uh, read some scripture. In church, this is church. All right. <clears throat> heard one heard one minister say recently that somebody I listen to on a regular basis. They said, if you're telling more more stories than you're reading the scriptures, you need to reevaluate what you're preaching. I went, oh, Jesus, let's read some scripture, man. Acts 19. Look at verse one. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul traveled there. Uh, traveled through the interior the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed he asked them no they replied we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit then what baptize, what baptism were you experience, uh, did you experience excuse me I changed this because initially I had the New King James and now it's the NLT Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. And so this is a baptism of a recognition and an admittance of sin. This is not a salvation baptism. Do you understand that? This is John's baptism. Who was the Savior? Jesus. Did, had Jesus died on the cross when John was baptizing people? No. That was still to come. That's why, that's why John said, I baptize you in repentance, but he pointed them to Jesus. He said, but one comes after me who is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and 
fire. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so, so he goes on to say in verse five, it says, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So now they're being baptized into Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, different than in them, came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So the Holy Spirit came in them when they were born again and came on them. There's a differentiation here. So the Holy Spirit in me is for me. He convicts my heart. He leads me, guides me, comforts me. Everything that we already talked about. The Holy Spirit on me is for you. These signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I, I, we get to cast out demons. Glory to God. Man, I mean, his super then comes on our natural. And Jesus said, listen, you're looking at everything that I'm doing. You're going to do even greater things. Isn't that amazing that Jesus would basically say, my ceiling is your floor. That's amazing. That is amazing. All right, let's go a little deeper. Acts chapter two, and then, and then we're gonna pray for some people. Acts chapter two, very familiar verse. First four verses here. In the NLT, it says, on the day of Pentecost which the day of Pentecost, this is a festival of Pentecost. This is 50 days after Passover when Jesus died on the cross. Okay, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers, notice that word, believers. These are people who already believe. These are people that are born again. Does that make sense? All the believers meeting together in one place because let's go back. What did we read when Jesus showed up in the room? Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So they're born again. So now they're already born again. And here they are, believers. They're gathered together in one place. Suddenly, there's a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So again, in them, Holy Spirit in them, they're believers, and then the Holy Spirit came on them for other people. Man, how does your heart get convicted? You know, my Bible says that when, that God is going to take a heart of stone and he's going to turn it into a heart of flesh. Why? So that, so that you're sensitive to him. And a heart of flesh is a heart that's pliable. It's a heart that can be touched. It's a heart that can be convicted, right? <clears throat> Andrew Womack said this. He said, it's one thing to have the Holy Spirit. It's quite another for the Holy Spirit to have you. Okay. So I want to so share uh, just a couple things that happened to me recently. Um, because I've really been chewing a lot on communing with the Holy Spirit uh, of late. And so I, this is a subject that we really want to dive into and we really want to drill down on in our lives. Um, <clears throat> and so I was spending time in prayer with the Holy Spirit and 
oftentimes when I pray, I walk back and forth when I pray, you know, because I don't want to fall asleep. Because <laughs> I feel like if I get down and kneel down, I'm going to be, you know, out, gone. And so I, so I walk back and forth a lot. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and he said, kneel down, get on your knees. So I knelt down. He spoke to my heart. I want to read to you what he said. Because when I knelt down, I just, man, it was like, my, my heart, I have a hard time talking about it. My heart just was like, and I said, God, I really want to know you. I really want to know you. And this is what he said. He said, Phil, I love you. I think about you all the time. I really can't wait to see you and to talk with you. Do you remember what it was like when you and Nicole used to write each other and you couldn't wait to go to the mailbox or wait by the phone because you were expecting her call? That's what it's like for me. I love to be with you. And I just, I was like, God, the God of the universe wants to come and hang out with me. He wants to talk to you about the things that are important to you. He wants to shoot the breeze with you. Lance, he, he just wants to hang out. Holy Spirit doesn't have an agenda in your life. Many times he just, he wants to be appreciated. He wants to have fellowship with you. You know, I, a friend of mine, <clears throat> his aunt, we, we were at her house one time and uh, we, we went several different times, but I remember one, the first time we went, she had a sling on her arm. And I said, oh, bless your heart, what happened? And she said, well, you know, my, uh, uh, what is it you have when, well, yeah, something, anyway. She gave something like that. I'm sorry, I don't remember what it is, but you'll, you'll understand as I go through this. Um, and so she had, something was wrong, and she explained what was wrong, and I was like, oh, my work. Well, the next time I saw her, she was in a neck brace. I was like, dear God, what happened to you? You know, well, you know, we, we stopped pretty quick the other day in the car. And, you know, I just really, and anyway, but her excuses for what was wrong just didn't seem to really add up 100%. And so I went to my friend and I said, man, your aunt, she's got some things wrong. I mean, what, what's going on? And he said, oh, it's not that she, she didn't have anything wrong with her. I said, well, what's going on? He said, she's trying to get her husband to pay attention to her. I went, what? The next time she was on a cane. And I just went, oh my word, you know. It's sad that she has to try to get him to pay attention to her. But see, the Holy Spirit's not like that. He's not going to connive. He's not going to vie for your time. He's not, he's a gentleman. He's not going to beg you to spend time with him. And so as a result... He is the most ignored member of the Godhead. And he's the one that's living inside of us. See, we don't pray to the Holy Spirit. We pray to the Father, right? And we pray to the Father in Jesus' name. But the Holy Spirit is right there with us. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to talk about what's going on. He's got some ideas for your business. He's got some ideas for your marriage. 
some things that would work. (laughs) But he doesn't get asked. Wow. See, the Holy Spirit is the revealer of who God is. I want to read that to you. Go over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and then we'll we'll wrap up. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Oh, I'm telling you, man, your, your prayer life is totally going to change after this morning. If you'll grab a hold of this, it will totally change. Totally change. Thank you, Lord. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 9. It says, but as it is written, the eye is not seen, nor is ear heard, nor is entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us. How? through his spirit for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of God for what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man that is in him even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. He's the revealer of God to you and I. He, he is where it comes through. And so, you know what it's like to be a parent? And you could help in a situation, but nobody's asking you. You know what it's like to not be listened to when, when you could probably help. Or you could give some wise counsel. I see some gray hair in here. So I know that this room is full of what I thought it was great because uh, yesterday, Saturday, we had um, for Hannah and Zach, we had, what do you call it? Shower. Okay. I didn't know if oops, I get confused on some of the things. Anyway, uh, but we had a shower. And so we went around and we had people give advice. And I was real excited when Roger was kind of forced into, you know, having to give some advice. <laughs> it came out suddenly. And so I was really glad because Roger has gray hair and he's got some wisdom up in there, you know. And, but do you know what it's like to be able to know how to help someone and you, you don't get asked? How do you think the Holy Spirit feels? When, when you're trying to muddle through, you're trying to work through a problem, you're trying to figure something out. And he's the whole time, he's right there next to you just wait man just ask me just I'm ready I'm ready and this will this is what will totally change your prayer life because prayer there's so much to prayer we need to do a whole series on prayer and and all the different stages that you'll go through but but this is an important part of prayer is and, and just fellowship of the Holy Spirit. This isn't even, it doesn't even have to be uh, um, all of your prayer time because, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, i got so much bombarding me right now in my mind. But the fact that we ask him that, that you have something going on in your life and that you turn to him and say, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? What should I do in this situation? How should I handle this? And he'll take you to a scripture it'll be in your daily daily bible reading plan and suddenly he'll give you the answer right there 
or you know he'll he'll speak to your heart immediately and give you the answer or he'll bring it through a situation as you're walking toward it he'll give you the plan as you're walking it out you know that's why it takes faith if you knew what was going to happen it wouldn't require faith right one minister was healed of stuttering. He was a terrible stutterer. People would make fun of him. Nobody wanted to listen to him because he just couldn't get words out. And he said, I, I was asked to, he was asked to speak at a church because the Holy Spirit was on him and the anointing was fun. And he said, God, I'm so nervous about getting up in front of people. He said, because when, when, I, when he got nervous, it got worse. But by faith, he stood up. And he said, the amazing thing was I wasn't healed when I asked the Lord to heal me sitting in the auditorium. I wasn't healed as I was walking toward the pulpit. I wasn't even healed when I stood behind the pulpit. But when I opened my mouth and spoke, I was healed. Faith. Oh, man. So, so I was in prayer the other night. And the Holy Spirit wasn't saying anything. How many of you have ever prayed and you're not getting talked back to? It's just one-sided conversation <laughs> and so I wasn't you know he wasn't talking and I I finally just said I said Holy Spirit why are you not saying anything he said I've been waiting so what have you been waiting for he said your attention your attention We talk a lot about first world problems here in the United States. One of the biggest problems I see in the United States is how many distractions we have. How many different things there are to give attention to. I heard recently young people spend six hours a day on social media. Six hours a day. It's an endless threat. Wow. That's a lot of attention given to that. But how many of us sit down and still our heart, still our mind, and posture ourselves in a place where we can hear the one that has all the answers, the one that knows everything about everything, and the one that just wants to talk to you? See, we can't look at the Holy Spirit as just a person of the Godhead that will give us what we want. A power that we can wield. That's not how we're supposed to look at the Holy Spirit. He's a friend. He's a friend. What do you do with a friend? Man, you hang out with him. If you're a woman, you talk about nails, hair, talk about talk about so-and-so's new husband <laughs> if you're a guy you talk about cars you talk about hunting fishing you talk about your business man how about if we just woke up tomorrow morning and just said holy spirit good morning how are you man let me let me encourage you in something refuse to give your attention to things that don't deserve it so many things don't deserve our attention 
lot of news stories don't deserve our attention. There's a lot, there's a lot of things. Social media doesn't, I mean, let's face it. When, when you've scrolled through about 12 things, I mean, you're pretty much done. You've seen all the updates so far. And, and if you haven't, they'll, they'll pop up again. <laughs> you know? There's times that I, I've had to fast social media and get off because I, sometimes it can mess up your day. And you didn't even mean for it to. So um, anyway, I want, I want to pray for a couple of things. So when, would you guys just bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? Because I felt to pray over a couple of things. <clears throat> One of the things that I want to pray about is, you know, maybe you were, maybe as you were listening this morning, you know, you were thinking about the Holy Spirit and the difference between being in you, being on you. And, and you were told that because you didn't have your prayer language, you didn't have the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know that that's not theologically correct. Because that right there can set some people free. Okay? Because prayer language is one gift of the gifts of the Spirit. It's only one. One minister said, why would you settle for the tongue when you could have the whole shoe? And so prayer language is amazing. And I encourage you, if you want that, it's available to you. And we're going to pray for you to receive it today. But I don't want you walking out of here thinking that the Holy Spirit is not with you. He is. You have him in you. But you may be here and you may want him on you. And you're saying, that's me. I want more of God. I don't, I don't, I'm excited that he lives on the inside of me. But I want to turn my attention to what he could do through me to minister to other people. And I'm believing God for that power and anointing on my life to be able to minister to people everywhere that I go. If that's you, I, I want to pray for you. Because, <clears throat> so that means this is not a salvation call. That means that this is, you're already saved, you're already born again, but you say, that's me. I want to go deeper in the things of God. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand all around the room. All right, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. Man, there's many of you. <clears throat> okay, this is not to embarrass you, but it's necessary. You know, Jesus said, if, if you're ashamed of me before people, I'm gonna be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. He wasn't saying that to condemn people. What he was saying was, hey, be, live this thing loud and live it out in front of people. So what I'm gonna do is those of you that raise your hand, I'm gonna ask you to come right down here to the altar because we're gonna pray for you. And we're going to lay hands on you. And you're going to receive a greater anointing. Come on down. Just line up right here, right next to my good friend, Fritz. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Those of you that want more. You want more. You're not satisfied with where you've been. Maybe you don't have your prayer language. And you say, yeah, that's me. I want my prayer language. Man, you're going to receive today. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited because of what God is doing up here right now. And so 
all the rest of you have a responsibility in this too because we're the family. This is the body and this body wants an upgrade down here. So the rest of us, we're gonna pray, we're gonna believe God with them and we're gonna fill the room with faith, amen? We're gonna fill this room with faith. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask for help from some guys, Steve and, and Dan, if you could come and help me. And, and uh, Gary, when you get wrapped up, if you could come and help me. Thank you, guys. Yeah, some ladies as well. Holly, come on down. We just want somebody with you, believing God with you in faith. So, yeah, thank you, Jesus. And uh, yeah, right here, Russ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, just begin to close your eyes and lift your hands and begin to thank God in your own way. And here's what I want you to thank him for. Lord, I thank you for what you're about to do in my life. Just begin to say that. Just begin to press into his presence.